Amen. Good afternoon, Central Park Baptist Church. Good afternoon to you all. Amen and amen. We'd like for you to join us uh, for a hymn this afternoon. Hymn 169, if you're able to rest upon your feet. Hymn 169. Hymn 169. And then afterwards, we will have a word of prayer, and we will continue with this afternoon's worship. Hymn 169. Hymn 169. <laughs> Amen. Sing along. There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this for the sweet spirit of this church of, of believers, Lord, and we're grateful for everything you've done for us. Be with the preacher, preacher this afternoon as he brings forth your message. If anybody today here is not saved, Lord, let today be the day that they su just submit to your word, come forth, and ask for you to be their Savior. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. amen and amen. And if you will continue to join us with hymn 642, 
hymn 642. Let's ring the bells of heaven. Hymn 642. bells of heaven there is joy today for a soul returning from the wild see the father meets him out upon the way welcoming his weary wandering child glory glory how the angels sing glory glory how the loud harps ring Tis the ransom army like a mighty sea, pealing forth the anthem of the free. I'll ring the bells of heaven, there is joy today, for the wanderer now is reconciled. Yes, a soul is rescued from his sinful way, and is born anew a ransom child. Glory, glory, how the angels sing. Glory, glory, how the loud harps ring. Tis the ransom army like a mighty sea, pealing forth the anthem of the free. I'll ring the bells of heaven, spread the feast today. Angels will like strain. Tell the joyful tidings, they're far away, for a precious soul is born again. Glory, glory, how the angels sing. Glory, glory, how the loud harps ring. Tis the ransom army, like a mighty sea, pealing forth the anthem of the free. Amen. Welcome to Central Park Baptist Church this afternoon. We're glad that you're here. Thank you so much for coming and being a part of our afternoon service. I hope you got a bulletin today because there's a lot of announcements in, the, in it that I have not gone over. Amen. And I want to encourage you to make sure you get one that talks about our missions conference in there. It talks about all sorts of things that are coming up 22 and 22 for the month of September. Ladies retreat and other things that are in the bulletin. I want to encourage you to get a copy of that if you don't have one already, all right? Just let me give you a couple things. I'd like to remind you about our sewing and craft this Saturday. Uh, for all those that want to be involved with that, with that, veteran quilters will be showing others how to do uh, quilting. I like quilting when it's done. I snuggle up in quilting once it's completed, but other than that, it looks like a bunch of scrap of stuff I don't know what to do with. But uh, that'll be at 1, at 2, at 10.30, this next Saturday, August 20th. There'll be soul winning this Saturday at 9.30 in the morning. And then, uh, as I was explaining this morning, we give our children Baptist bucks here in Sunday school and in, and in junior church. And it's for money that they have earned by behavior, by Bible knowledge and other things. It's a, it's a tool for us to use to help the kids. And it's a tool to teach the kids how to handle money. Amen. So what we do is we uh, set up a store called the Old Fashioned Country Store upstairs, and uh, they get a lot of money, and so the prices in the Old Fashioned Country Store for Baptist Bucks is kind of high. It might cost 1000 Baptist Bucks for a pack of chewing gum. It almost costs that today, but in real life. But, uh, so things are expensive up there because they get a lot of money. 
Sometimes you'll see the kids, they've learned about giving, and you'll see some Baptist bucks end up in their offering plate too, which I think is a wonderful way uh, to teach your child how to give, especially when there's other missionaries around and the mission kids are there just for that Sunday, taking up a little missions offering of Baptist bucks to give to those missionary kids so they can go to the store. Anyway, this summer's been very busy with our store, and our inventory is running low. And anything you think a child would like, uh, you know, I go to the Dollar Tree store because at Dollar Tree, everything is a dollar. Amen. <laughs> then they need to change their name to the Dollar and a Quarter store. I go to uh, Five Below and other places like that to get inexpensive things that I think a child would like when I go to get things from my wife and I for this for, for the store. And I want to encourage you, if you could, uh, when you'd like to volunteer and give some things to, uh, to the church for this, we'd appreciate that. Sometimes we go through our house and find things that we don't use anymore and we in good condition and we give it to the store. And here's one of the reasons why. At Christmas time, they go shopping for their parents and brothers and sisters. Amen. Uh, during uh, other times of the year, the, uh, Mother's Day, Father's Day, so on like that, they, they get those things as well. So there, sometimes we have little stuff that's a little for older people. And we put stuff up there for them, and they're able to buy that. And then Brother Lonnie goes up there and gets what he needs because he knows he's old and has that childlike mind as a result. And so, uh, but we want to encourage you, if you could help by giving for that, just put it on, underneath the, there'll be a little thing in the front here underneath the TV and then back at the office area, you can just put it back there and we'll get it to the right place. We'll get it priced and put it out there for the kids. But if you could help us with that, we surely would appreciate that as we refill our store. Thank you for coming and being a part of our service. Amen. Write these dates down, October 12th through 16th. That's a Wednesday through a Sunday. If the Lord doesn't come back before then, Amen. which, you know, even so, Lord, come, uh, those are our mission conference dates, okay? That's a Wednesday uh, through a Sunday. If you remember, we have our missionaries. They preach each, uh, different missionary each night, and they show their videos, and uh, then, they, uh, then Sunday morning we will uh, end our on our faith promise commitment uh, for that Sunday. And uh, then we have lunch Sunday afternoon on the 16th, and we uh, and we finish our missions conference. So uh, this year the uh, Miller family is going to be back. They're going to be singing for us each night. Uh, the the um, oh uh, brother uh, Ward that was here this morning to Croatia will be with us. Um, brother Paul Sharon, y'all don't know him, church planter. Uh, he's going to preach uh, that Sunday for us at the end of our conference. And then, um, oh, huh? yeah, the Moody's from uh, Peru will be with us as well. Uh, they were going to come, I think, when COVID ca uh, came and they weren't able to be here, but they will be with us as well. Hadn't been in, with us in a while, but uh, they will be here that week also. Each night we'll have uh, dinner for everyone, uh, just like we did before. Uh, before the services, so uh, just write those dates down, and as we get a little bit closer, we'll put out a, a booklet like we did last year to have a bio on it of all of our of our, our speakers, and uh, it'll give you a schedule of what's going on for the week, 
And so we, I want you to go ahead and write those down so that we can make sure that we're here uh, and ready uh, to receive what the Lord has for us. We had a great mission conference last year, well attended, uh, sweet spirit. So please uh, write, uh, write those dates down, okay? And, and please don't forget those. Uh, where's uh, Kevin? Come here. Where's Sungyu? Come here, please. And uh, Mr. Caden, come here. Uh, yep, you have to come too. <laughs> yeah, it kills him, you know. He's new at this, but he'll get over it. No, well, no, maybe, no, I don't want him to get over it, but he'll, you know, he'll just come on. He's doing good, amen. So, um, but uh, we'll wait. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, we, I was talking to our men the other day, and these young men, they're getting ready to go back to school, and and uh, so we as a church, we, I was talking to our deacons the other day, and, and uh, so we want to help them uh, with their school bill, and so I want to give them a, a check. It's not made out to them. Amen. <laughs> Amen. It's made out to the school. Uh, but these young men, are, listen, when you go back to school, you need all the help you can get. Yes. And, uh, they're, they're, but a lot of these young men, they, they have to work to help themselves go through school. And I, personally, I think they ought to. Some. Amen. Amen. Uh, I think that they appreciate it more when you have to work for something. So, uh, but we as a church, God has given, because of your willingness to give to our missions program, we are able to help and invest in young men just like these uh, when they go to school, just like we did Brother Wujin and just like we did Brother Elias. That's and, right. Uh, That's right. So, uh, Brother... Sung you, this is, or not you, but Kevin, that's for you. <laughs> Sung you, that's for you. Uh-huh. And this is for you because that's my name. Okay. <laughs> you know? So, take a second. I just wanted uh, to thank everyone who's been praying for me. Um, I'm really grateful for this church. Uh, that's always just, I guess, been a, a help to me and, and, uh, just, yeah, there's not much I can say, but just thank you. So. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Kevin. But son, you come on. Amen. Uh, I prepare my preaching. <laughs> uh, although I speak broken English, please excuse me. Uh, thank the pastor and church members for allowing me to greet in front of you. I learned a lot while staying here during the vacation. Especially, I was challenged a lot by seeing the love of the pastor and the members of members for the church. Central Park is uh, first American Baptist church I have ever been to. I came to study abroad with the ex- expectation uh, of what a fundamental Baptist church in the state would be like. And Central Park Baptist Church became a very precious example. Central Park Baptist Church will be the standard for what I can compare to other churches. And Central Park set the standard very high. Humble pastor, always sweet, they can, like family to each other. No, actually, we are family in the Lord. I sincerely thank all the folks loving the Lord, loving each other as a family and uh, eager for missionary work, especially 
for the Korean ministry. I thank the Lord for this church's passion for missionary work. I would like to thank everyone who gave me love and encouragement while I was here. And I ask that you take good care of Korean ministry uh, and Brother Ujin. Thanks again to everyone at Central Park Baptist Church, whom I always want to come back. Thank you. Thank you. Well, uh, um, one, I'm, I didn't think we'd get much out of him, but that's okay. He'll grow in that, amen? Uh, and, and it always makes me nervous when, when men pull notes out of their pockets, amen? But, but God, thank, I appreciate that we, that you, at Central Park Baptist Church, were willing to invest in these young men, and I applaud you for that. Thank you very much. Thank you, young men. You can go. Well, the Bible says, cast your bread upon the water. Yep. Not many days henceforth it will return. So I'm looking forward to the return of these young men, just like we've seen with Brother Wujin and Brother Elias, and see what, this, this is just the, the beginning, amen, of amen. what God's going to do. So again, uh, I thank you for that. Well, let's, let's have a word of prayer, and we'll receive our offering, and may God bless you as you give. Dear Father, thank you, Lord, for... Uh, these young men, bless them, Lord, and strengthen them, God. And uh, Lord, they've been uh, in a an environment, Lord, here at Central Park that's kind of protected them and and watched over them. But God, they're about to go to school, and and God, Satan is after these young men when they uh, when they go to school, Lord. They uh, they're under the um, the onslaught of all of his imps, God. And I pray that you'd protect them, Lord, and. Watch over them, strengthen them, Lord, and I pray, God, that they'll grow and uh, as you nurture them through these the professors there at the school. So, Lord, watch over them and uh, take care of them, Lord. And we pray, God, that you'd bless this offering. Thank you again for our people and their willingness to give to faith promised missions. I pray, God, your blessings upon us, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. If you have an offering, you please come. I just feel like we've already had church again. Amen. Amen. If you're able to rise, we'd like for you to join us in singing hymn number seven, hymn number seven, and then pre please briefly greet each other as we prepare for this afternoon's special. Uh, hymn number seven towards the front of your hymnal. Blessed be the name. Those are the first and last verses. Sing along. 
Blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. His name shall be the Counselor. His name shall be the Counselor, the mighty Prince of Peace of all earth's kingdoms conqueror whose reign shall never cease blessed be the name blessed be the name blessed be the name of the lord blessed be the name blessed be the name blessed be the name of the lord amen please greet each other at this time If I can praise you for your goodness when the times are good, if I can say you're in control when all is understood, then right here in this valley that I am living in, I can give you all the glory just like I did then. Faithful, that's what you've been to me. You've guided every step and met all of my needs. And though my heart is broken, just know that I am grateful through it all you've been faithful. I know that every moment of my life is in your hand. You're working all things for my good according to your plan. You're teaching me to listen. Lord, you're teaching me to trust. Your grace is all sufficient. You'll always be enough. Faithful, that's what you've been to me. You've guided every step and met all of my needs and though my heart is broken just know that i am grateful for through it all you've been faithful 
Though my heart is broken, just know that I am grateful for through it all, you've been faithful, faithful. So if we can finish up the series that we've been talking about on what the Bible teaches and what we believe as Baptists about some things, and we're going to talk about what the Bible teaches about end times. And if you found your place in Revelation chapter 4, if you please stand, if you're able, and we'll just read down through verse 5, and then when we're through, if you'll turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we'll, be, we'll reference those verses as well. Found your place, amen. And after this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was, as it were, a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee uh, things which uh, must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one set on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne in, in sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment, and they did on their heads, or, or they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps and fire uh, burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you'd help me as we uh, begin, Lord, our last study and as, uh, Lord, on end times. And I pray, God, you'd help me again, Lord, rightly by your word of truth. And I need you, Lord, to help me with liberty and, Lord, with your presence, God. I pray that you'd give me clarity of thought and, God, that you'd bless the reading of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, I, I read a good um, illustration to start about a, a Danish philosopher. His name was Kiergaard. And he tells a parable of a, of a theater where a, a variety show had been going on. And, and at each show, it seemed like a little better than the first and a little more fantastic than the last. And, and after each one, the people applauded and, and thought it was, I mean, things were going really good. And, and uh, while one of, the, uh, uh, one of the shows were going on, the manager of the theater came out in a sudden fashion. He interrupted one of the, uh, one of the variety shows that was going on, and he uh, told the people, he said, man, I'm sorry for the interruption, but there's a fire back here behind the stage. And he said, uh, if you would please, everyone would please stand up and exit the building in an orderly fashion. Well, the people... They just applauded and cheered him, and they thought it was something going on with the variety show. And he uh, he came he came back after he told them. He said, "No, listen." He said, "This is not a joke. I'm not trying to uh, try. This is not part of the, the of the variety show." He said, "I'm telling you that there is a there's a fire in the building, and there that we can't stop." 
and you need to exit the building as quickly as possible. You need to get out. And they, again, they stood this time. They applauded and thought it was just the neatest thing. They thought, man, this guy, he is really good. And, and for the third time, he tried again to get those people to stand up because of the fire and exit the building. And after he realized that there was nothing else that he could do, he simply left, went out of the building, and the fire went through that building so fast that the people couldn't get out, and it killed everybody that was in that theater. And this is what he said. He said, well, our age, he said, I sometimes think, go down in fiery destruction to the applause of a crowded house of cheering spectators. When we think about the rapture taking place, I'm, I'm fearful that we have talked about it so long and we have set dates, or I say we, I said people have set dates about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. It has come to the place where it's nothing more than a, a tale. Uh, I believe something that's uh, doom and gloom. It's uh, become extreme fatalism. I read something on the internet the other day when I was studying and preparing and about how one guy said it's just uh, something that uh, it's a myth that, that church people have come up with to scare people into uh, coming to church and, and uh, they scared them into the place where they look to religion for help and, and, uh, but they, they called it just a fairy tale. And, and you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm fearful that a lot of people who sit in places just like this, if, we, if we're not careful, we come to the place where we think that, that the Lord's going to come back, but not in our lifetime. Uh, we think that, you know, he may come back, but it's not going to be. In fact, I looked, and, and uh, the percentage of Christian people who think the Lord will come back in the next 40 years is like 27%. Listen, I'm telling you, uh, that is the wrong thought process for you and me to have about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We, it, it, it's come to the place where it's like the little boy who cried wolf. Listen, I'm, there's going to be a lot of Christian people who, who kind of, you know, think that the Lord's coming back, but they live like that he's not going to come back in their lifetime, and it's okay to live like they want to live. Well, I'm telling you, it, it's going to make an impact on, on you when we stand before God uh, and we stand at the judgment seat and, and we uh, come to that place where uh, the rewards are handed out, it's going to make a difference how you live for the Lord Jesus Christ right here, right now, today. And by the way, his coming, and we're going to talk about this, is he, he's going to come. And he said he was going to come. And he, we, could, we need to be ready for him to come because it could be at any moment we're going to talk about that. Uh, I, I think there's a... There's a lot of uh, disagreement. There's a lot of debate over what's called eschatology or end-time events. Uh, and there's three basic views about uh, the rapture and the second coming. There's the pre-tribulation view that says that the church will be taken out prior to the tribulation period. There's the mid-tribulation view that says that the church will go through the first half of the tribulation, but be taken out before the great tribulation. And then there's the post-trib view, that, where the church will endure the entire uh, tribulation period. I believe that the Bible has clear teaching that the church will be taken out uh, before the tribulation period starts. Before the, listen, before a time when 
the worst uh, period uh, that man has ever known takes place, which is the tribulation period. And as we come to this, I want to give you a few things about, uh, uh, three things about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. The first thing is, uh, I want to uh, get you, get this, that the tribulation, or the, um, the rapture, and the second coming is often confused to be the same event. They are not the same event. Are y'all still with me? Say amen. Listen, the rapture and the second coming of Christ, they are not related in any way, shape, or form. They are two separate events that happen at two different time periods. Amen. The word rapture, though, now don't run off. The word rapture is not in Scripture. Okay, but the idea is in the scripture. In fact, the word rapture, it simply means to be caught up or snatched away. And if you look over in 1 Thessalonians, this is where I want you to look to also. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, probably one of the most read verses of scripture at funerals. I use it often. The comfort of family of a uh, of a loved one who has gone home to be with the Lord. Uh, and listen, I'm telling you, this is a great source of encouragement for families. But the one thing I want you to see here is that the rapture or the coming of the Lord or the rapture is an imminent event. Uh, it it can, in other words, it can happen in a moment. I I forgot about that song that the. Uh, Miller family sang the other day. We used to sing that all the time. We got to get that back out, Brother Will, and, and sing that. Uh, but it's a song that could happen in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Uh, and, and, and by the way, the rapture could take place before we get out of here. Amen? Which be okay at me. I'm, I'm ready. I'm willing. It'd be okay for uh, my grandkids not to have to grow up in a wicked old society. I love my grandkids, and I want to spend time with them, but... I don't want to spend time with him to the uh, to the to, to where the Lord will wait for him to come back, just so I can spend time with my grandkids. Listen, oh no, I would rather him come back right now and get us all out of here. And that's why that's the way all of us ought to think. Amen. Uh, but we see here in First First Thessalonians chapter four, look in verse seventeen. I believe that the next event on heaven's calendar is the rapture. And Paul describes it here in verse 17. It, it, notice what it says in, in chapter 4, verse 17. It says, then, uh, it says, verse 16, The Lord himself shall descend with the heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another uh, with these words. Now those words, caught up, it's that that's where we get our word rapture from. It's the same thing. It's the same meaning. And when Paul, by the way, wrote to the Thessalonians, they, these people, he's writing to a people who've been deceived. These people have been deceived by false teachers into believing that the day of the Lord had already come. So Paul comforts them and lets them know that Christ had not already come for the church because these deceivers and false teachers had told them that, listen, that these folks, they've all, they're going to miss it. Well, listen, that nobody's going to miss it if they're born-again children of God. It's an imminent matter. It's not a matter that Christ could come. It's not a matter of that, whether he should come or might come. 
but it's a matter that he will come and it could happen at any moment in the twinkling of an eye. He could come tonight, he could come tomorrow, this week, next week, next year. Uh, but the, the point is that it's an imminent return and we ought to be ready to meet him at his return and we can say amen. It's an immediate return. Look in verse 16 and 17. Paul captures the idea of how immediate the Lord's return or, or the rapture is going to take place. As I've already read, it says, For the Lord himself shall descend. Uh, I'm glad he's coming himself. I'm thankful that he is a personal God. You know, sometimes we like to delegate stuff. Amen? And that's okay in some instances if we delegate things. But I'm thankful that the Lord's not going to... Listen, God has even delegated some things to his angels. Michael and Gabriel, he delegated some things to them. But listen, when it comes to the Lord coming back for us, he's coming himself, amen? And I'm thankful for that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul speaks of the great day known as resurrection morning. And when Christ comes, all of those who have died in the Lord or, or been saved, they're going to come out of their earthly graves. And he says that in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, the trump shall sound, the dead in Christ shall be raised. Here it is. I like this. Incorruptible. This old body we live in is corruptible. You know how I know? Because I watch after some of y'all have sat down for a few minutes, I watch you get up. And you kind of you get up, start, you start off kind of slow. You got to get the old joints limbered up. You know why? Corruption. Listen, we today have been born into corruption, but one of these days we will be born into incorruption when we rise up and the Lord calls us home. And we, the Bible says, and we shall be changed. Now, now watch this. It, it says it'll happen in a moment. And we talked about this here a while back. Uh, it, it, it's in the twinkling of an eye. Now, this is where we get our word Adam from. It, it, it's translated moment. It, it speaks of that which cannot be cut or divided. Now, in Paul's day, that word represented a, uh, it was in reference to, a, 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 to time, and it was the smallest fraction conceivable. And Paul is telling us that when the Lord comes, that those living, people, a lot of times I've heard people say, well, when it takes place, I'll get right. No, you won't. Listen, there's not going to be any time. Listen, it's not a point of whether we can live like we want and then right before the Lord comes back, we can get our lives together. It's not going to happen that way at all. Brother, Brother Shelton was talking about how he and Brother Ed were visiting in Farmer's Branch and, and they were trying to witness to this man. And he said, listen, he said, I know I'm going to hell. And he's mentioned it two or three times. In fact, they went back again. And this guy had already given over to the fact that when he died, he was going to hell. What a sad thing. Right. Listen, I'm telling you, if we could just get a glimpse of what hell is like, we, all of us would be ready to meet the Lord. We would live right and we would do right. Well, can I get, tell you something? Listen, God has given us a glimpse of hell right here in this book. Amen. Just because we can't see it with our physical eye and just because we can't hear with our physical ears listen god gives us a glimpse of what hell is going to be like listen it's a place of torment it's a place of pain and suffering and for someone to give over themselves uh, to to go into hell listen that is a sad place to come to right, right. but i'm thankful that one of these days that the lord's going to come and take us out and those who are born again children of god 
will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And the Bible says we shall forever be with the Lord. And there will not be any time to change or to get your life right. Paul says that all of this is going to occur at the last trump. I'm, I personally, I like trumpets. Uh, I played one in school, and I mean that, uh, I was telling somebody the other day that the silver trumpet is one that my mom and dad gave to me for graduation when I graduated from high school 15 years ago. <laughs> I just said, if y'all listening, uh, but the trumpet is important. I'm think, listen, it's not going to be a flute. I like flutes. They're good in their, in their place, clarinets. They're all right. But listen, I'm telling you, have you ever had someone try to sound a charge with a clarinet or a flute? Doesn't quite make the impact. But you get in an in, a room of people and you and they're not ready for it, and then a trumpet sounds. I'm telling you, it'll make people stand up and listen. That's why the military uses a trumpet for reveille. Listen, I'm telling you, when the trumpet sounds, it gets people's attention. Well, when the trump of God sounds, it's going to get the attention, but it's only going to be for those who are born again children of God. Amen. But I'm afraid it's going to catch some of them off guard. Yeah, uh, the trumpet will sound, the last trump. In the Old Testament, trumpets were used to call the congregation together. They were used to announce the journeying of camps. It was used to, for an alarm or a notification. Uh, in fact, the phrase, the last trump, it's a Roman military term. And one trumpet sound was a signal to the soldiers to pack up and strike their tents. Another trumpet sound signaled them to line up and get ready. But, it, it, but then there was a third trumpet sound that was the last trumpet was sig a signal to pull out and march. Well, that's what that reference is when it says that the last trumpet sound, listen, it is going to be a, a signal for you and I to line up and march. Listen, where are we marching to? We are going to heaven, amen, our, our eternal home. Uh, and it's a sound for everybody to be ready and go. But instead, watch this. Uh, by the way, instead, I don't want to die. I'm just ready for the trumpet to sound. Uh, I was talking to my dad the other day, and he said something about, uh, you know, he, he, they said something about he had to have a valve in his heart maybe in the next year or so that needed to be uh, fixed. And, you know, and dad said, I'm 90. He said, uh, I, I don't want to go to sleep because he, he says, I have a fear of not waking up, you know. And I said, well, Dad, wait, maybe you're going to go to heaven. He said, yeah, but I'm not in a hurry. He, you know, and I thought, well, you're 90. And he said, yeah, but I'm just listening for the trumpet to sound. And I thought, well, I can get along with that. I, I want to go to heaven. I just don't want to have to die to get there. Well, I'm listening for the trump. I'm not listening, and I'm listening for the shout. The old saying says, I'm not looking for the undertaker. I'm looking for the upper taker. Amen. So we can know that the last trump was sound and we understand that it's an imminent event. It's an immediate event. It could happen at any moment. But notice what takes place. If you look back in Revelation chapter 4, when the, once the church is raptured or caught up or snatched away from this present age, the most terrible time in recorded history is going to start. It's known as a tribulation period. It, it's going to be a time like none other. Uh, and In fact, look back in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 uh, and look in verses 1 through 3. Did I get, I, I put my, oh, there you go. 
you forget where you put stuff. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. It says, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness that that, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. And we could keep on, but I want you to get this. The phrase back in, in verse 1, the day of the Lord, reminds us that one day God is going to have his day. Listen, it's not today. It may not be tomorrow. We think, listen, we think that all, all the stuff that's going on nowadays, it's a tragedy. Listen, this whole world is corrupt. Amen. It's a vile, wicked place. And by the way, it's not going to get any better. But one of these days, God's going to have, a, God's going to have his day. And one of God's great day will occur during the time of the great tribulation or tribulation period. First, I want you to see it'll be a day of retribution. Now, now turn back to Revelation chapter 4. And notice what it says. It says, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first uh, uh, voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither. That's the rapture. And I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Now this describes, again, the end of the age of grace and the beginning of the age of grief. If you begin reading in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1 all the way over to Revelation chapter 19 and verse 6, the church is no longer mentioned or, or no longer in the picture of end time events. The church has been caught away. The church has arrived in heaven. And listen, and, and this has got to take place because the Holy Spirit has to be removed so that the spirit of Antichrist can be fully released. And when this happens, the first part of the Lord's retribution is going to take place. We're going to get to that when we begin studying Daniel chapter 7, where Daniel sees a vision of four kingdoms. And I'm not going to go into all that, but we'll study that on Wednesday nights. But we understand that it's going to be a day of retribution. Listen, God is going to unleash the first three and a half years of tribulation period is going to be fine. But that's the way the devil always sucks you in. He gives his best right up front. And it makes us think that everything is going to be okay. And then, listen, it's like fishing. Why do you think we put bait on a hook? We disguise the hook. We, I, I mean, you get a worm and I always just, you know, put the worm on the hook. And I leave some dangling off the end. Why? I want it to entice the fish. I, don't, I fix it so the fish are, can't see the hook. Right. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to catch something. I like fish. But I'm telling you, that fish, he sees the worm, and it's all wiggling on the end and all this stuff, and you can feel him. He kind of nibbles at it. You know what I'm saying? If you use a cork or something, a bob or bobber, whatever you want to call it, I always call it a cork. But you'll see that thing just go, you know, and you... You see it. You can tell that fit, man, I'm, I'm getting a nibble. But then something happens in just a few minutes. That, that cork goes under the water. And then you know what you do if you fish? Man, you yank on that pole and you set that hook. Listen, that's exactly what the devil does to me and you. 
he, there's a hook called sin, and, and, and the old devil has a, uh, some bait out there, and he lets it wiggle around, and, and the child of God thinks, man, that's going to be okay, but there's always a hook, and I'm telling you, when you bite, it's too late, and the devil throws that out there, and, and, and that's exactly what he does uh, in the tribulation period, the first three and a half years is, is going to be something good. It's going to be okay. But then, listen, it's not over in three and a half years. They're fixing to get rolling. Revelation chapters 5 through 9, it tells of the seven seals and the 144,000 Jews. And, and I, I'm not going to go into all that. Uh, but it, if you skip into Revelation chapter 11, you read about two witnesses. Many who believe them to be Moses and Elijah and they're sent uh, uh, to preach and they do that, but then they are killed by the Antichrist. What is going on nowadays? They're trying to kill the voice of the child of God and us reaching the people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They're trying to silence us. Well, I'm telling you, during the, uh, during the tribulation period, listen, these two witnesses... They will be killed and left in the street. And the Bible says that the whole world will uh, will watch them. Y'all remember that movie that came out years ago? Um, Oh, Truman. Y'all remember that? It had uh, Jim Carrey in it. And it was in this big dome. Y'all remember that? And they... And the whole world, they, were, they raised him from a child, and, and this, this place was full of actors, all but him. And they watched him, and the world just watched him grow up, and all this stuff, and, and listen, they, until he realized that he was being, you know, it's just part of a show. Well, listen, these two witnesses, through, uh, the, uh, through the capabilities of satellite, the whole world is going to have their eyes on these two witnesses. They're gonna, the world is going to watch them lay out there dead. But you know what's going to happen? They're going to get up. They're going to stand up. And I mean, and the whole world is going to take notice of that. But then you come to Revelation chapter 14. The mark of the beast is given. Listen, and and if you're going to eat or if you're going to buy and sell, you've got to have the mark of the beast. I was reading something just a few weeks ago, if I remember right. It's in Sweden. And even now, for about $100, you can get a little implant, and they, they either right in between your thumb and your forefinger, uh, and it's for COVID vaccination. So that, and, and it's something that when you travel internationally, but it's only for COVID. Are y'all still here? And for $100, you can get that implanted in, in between your thumb and your forefinger or in your wrist. And when you travel, I mean, listen, this stuff is not going to go away. They're going to fix it to where we, you can't go anywhere unless you can show that you've been vaccinated. You know what that, I believe with all, I'm not a conspiracy guy by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm telling you, all this is setting people up. For the Antichrist to come. Listen, they they will just leave that in and they'll be able to, they say, well, we can, you can take it out or you can deprogram it. Or if you choose to leave it in, we can put all of your financial information on there to where if you go and and you buy something at the store, all they have to do is just scan that with one of the little scanner things. And if you order something, it'll take it right out of your account. 
You don't have to have money. You don't have to have cash. You don't have to have credit cards. It's all right here on a little chip. Revelation chapter 14. In Revelation chapter 16, the final showdown, and which is the battle of Armageddon, uh, is going to take place where God's going to turn back every nation that defied him. Gog and Magog, modern-day Russia, will come from the north and invade Israel. Uh, but God will, the Bible says, put the hooks in their jaws and turn them back. And, and the, the bat, listen, that battle of Jezreel is a massive valley. Uh, and, you know, we, when we had a chance to stand and we watched, and there was an airplane that flew over, and, and I thought it was going to crash. That thing went right down to the ground and disappeared. And there was, an, there was a, a runway and a, a bunker of sorts with that plane. From it, it flew right in, landed, and, and I mean, and it's like, where'd that go? And the guy says, there's, a air, there's a, some kind of a bunker over there for, uh, for the Israel Armed Forces, and they fly right into the mountain and land. And I thought, man, and, and look, they'll come out of there, and they just appear from nowhere. Well, they come right across the valley of Jezreel. Listen, that valley is massive. Napoleon at one time said that this would be a great place for a battle. Well, there's a battle going to take place one day. And the Bible that says that, that, that blood will flow bridle bit deep to a horse. Listen, that's a lot of blood. That's a lot of dead. Um, it'll take seven months to bury the dead. Revelation 16. In Revelation chapter 17 and 18... Uh, the Bible speaks of Babylon is judged and destroyed. Um, it, it, listen, I'm, all of this is going on in the Middle East. All, all this stuff that's leading up to this battle, to the second coming, or to the rapture of the church is happening right now today. Israel is being bombed almost daily. But have we talked about that the other day, but you don't hear that in the news anywhere. Uh, we stood on a, I believe it was uh, on the Gaza Strip, or no, on Golan Heights. Well, we stood and we were driving up and they said, there's the Hezbollah camps right over there, but they don't really exist. But there they are right there. And we looked and we could see them. Listen, and, and, and yet the government, our government, the other government won't even recognize them. All of it's ready to go right now today. We went through the uh, Institute for the Israeli Institute and they, listen, they've got an, a, a portable ark, uh, our portable um, altar in place. They've got all of the uh, uh, all of the instruments that the priests need right now. They can, they are already even today. They are doing DNA testing to make sure that those who are priests are of the tribe of Levi. It's already Revelation chapter seventeen and eighteen. Revelation eighteen verses two and three says, and he cried mightily with a strong voice saying Babylon the great is fallen is fallen and has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird listen the present war in Iraq is a setting stage right now setting the stage and preparing uh, ancient Babylon which is 40 miles south of Baghdad for the coming day of judgment and retribution if you look in Matthew chapter 25, God is going to judge every Gentile nation and their judgment is going to be based upon their treatment or mistreatment of Israel, the Jewish nation. One thing that our country's got going for us is we're good to Israel. 
we're friends with Israel. They, it, we better stay. Revelation chapter 19 and verse 6. Here the scene changes from the tribulation to the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's where we're going to be. The bride, the church, uh, is finally given to the bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, the Lord Jesus Christ is coming after his bride. Listen, at the end of the great tribulation period, that, listen, that is the second coming of Christ when that's going to take place. The rapture is not the second coming. The Lord himself never steps foot on this planet. We are caught up to meet with him in the air and we go to heaven and we are seated at the, at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And you know what's happening? The, the Lord himself, he's going to be the one that takes care of us. Now, I thought, man, why is that? Listen, why is the one who paid the price for us? We are seated at the marriage supper of the Lamb and the Lord Jesus himself is going to take care of us. Listen, what an awesome picture. Listen, I am thankful that we have a God who loves us that much. Listen, if you read in Matthew chapter 24, verses 29 through 31, and if you read it also in Revelation chapter 19 and verses 11 through 16, in fact, turn to Revelation 19 with me. It says, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. Any of y'all ride horses? How many of y'all don't like horses? Oh, yes, some, yeah. Well, we're going to ride them one of these days. Amen. Now watch this. And behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. Praise the Lord. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head many crowns. He had a name written that no man knew, but he himself, and he's clothed, watching a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Man. Praise the Lord. It says, and the armies which are in heaven, what'd they do? Followed him. What are we doing? We're riding a white horse with him. In fine linen, white and clean. Listen, we thank God we're coming back. And out of his mouth goeth a shot. We don't have to say a word. Listen, it's the same today. He'll fight our battles for us today just like he's going to do that day. Listen, it says in his, his mouth goeth a sharp sword, and with, the, with, the, uh, with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And listen, when all that is taking place, we, you and me, who are born again, children of God, we get to reign with him. Praise the Lord. I'm thankful today. Listen, it matters what you do and how you live today. If you want to have a place uh, where you can reign with him, listen, then you serve him today, have a relationship with him today. Uh, and I don't know this for certain, but I, I believe, listen, uh, with all my heart, I, I don't want to be a street sweeper in glory. I don't want to be a... Uh, a trash collector during a thousand-year millennial reign. And, and I'm, I'm just using that for a, an illustration. Listen, I want to be able to rule and reign with him. Listen, and be a somebody 
Well, listen, you're a somebody today, but how you live for him and your relationship with him today is going to make a difference on who you are then. Amen. Listen, so God help us. It does. People say, well, it doesn't really make a difference because one of these days he's going to wipe away all the tears and, and everything's going to start over afresh. Yes, that's exactly right. But listen, it's going to matter during the thousand-year millennial reign what you do for him, and it's going to carry through for eternity, period. Zechariah chapter 14 and verse 4 prophesies that Jesus, he's going to come back. Watch this. After the tribulation period, he's going to step foot on the Mount of Olives where he ascended. Listen, Mount of Olives is a neat place. We, had, we got to go, and we sat in the Garden of Gethsemane where uh, the Lord prayed with his men and where he went a little further and prayed uh, and talked to God the Father. And then we walked across the street and uh, into another part of the garden. And listen, we walked on the very place where the Bible says that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come back and he's going to set up his reign and he's going to rule and reign there. But again, we get to reign with him and I'm looking forward to that day. Listen, he's coming and we got to be ready. It is a literal return with a literal reign with Christ. Revelation chapter 19, 14. I've, I've got to stop. It says that the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Listen, he's going to mount a white horse and every saint of God is going to get on a white horse and follow right behind him. Revelation 20, as I've already mentioned, the millennial reign of Christ will start uh, for a thousand years. A thousand years. In Revelation chapter 20 and verse 7, the devil's going to be loosed again. Uh, he's going to be loosed in order to deceive the nations one final time, and then he's going to be cast into the lake of fire. And the sad part about that is those people that come through that thousand-year reign, they're going to be people born and raised during that thousand years. Listen, they're going to know that the Lord Jesus Christ himself is, is reigning on the throne of David in Jerusalem. They're going to see him. They're going to know it. Yet, listen, yet they will still reject him. Why? Because the God of this world has blinded the eyes of men just like he does today. He'll do it then. Listen, he is a powerful, powerful being. We're no match for him. But uh, as the Bible teaches us, one of these days, he's going to get cast in the lake of fire. Uh, the Lord himself is going to chain him up. Amen. And I've said this once. I've said it a thousand. I believe that we're going to get to see it. Listen, the Lord, listen, there's not going to be a wrestling match. There's not going to be a debate. There's not, it's not going to be a struggle. Listen, the Lord's just going to get the chains of Almighty God and wrap him with some eternal chains, lock him up, and throw him into the place of hell where he ought to be now. But one day we're going to get to see that. And I believe there is going to be a shout of victory that's going to roll through heaven. It's going to last for a couple of thousand years. Amen. Listen, I'm looking forward to the day that all that takes place. But it all starts with the rapture of the saints. Marco Polo, a Venetian traveler, 13th century, when he was dying, uh, those that were around him, it said that they urged him to recant and withdraw the stories that he had told about China. Listen, the stories that he had told about the Far East. 
but it said that he emphatically refused and said, I will not, I shall not, I cannot, because I have not told half of what I saw. Well, I admit that I'm, I know very little about the subject of end-time prophecy and all those things, but I believe that the Bible tells us enough to whet our appetite. Amen. Amen. And I believe if John could make a little um, addition or an addendum to his heavenly vision here in Revelation, I would believe he would probably say the same words as Marco Polo. The half has not yet been told. But the Bible says, Eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath entered into the mind of the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Listen, this old earth's got some beautiful places in it. Uh, I've, I've been privileged to see some of them, but it's nothing like what we're going to see. You, we ain't seen nothing yet. Listen, but the question is, are you ready? If he came back today, would you be ready to meet him? Just like you are right now. Would you be ready? If you're not, can I encourage you? Come. I was talking to somebody this afternoon. I made Brother Shelton that, that we've been studying about Daniel and, 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 and Nebuchadnezzar. And old Nebuchadnezzar got in a lot of trouble. And the thing that got him into trouble is one little word, pride. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and what's so sad, and it breaks my heart, yes. Yes. is that the Lord, I, I watch and I look at people's faces and I know that the Lord, the Holy Spirit of God is dealing with folks' heart yes. Yes. about coming and, and doing some things and with God and, and doing business with him. And there's one little word that's, that's prevailed and, and beat people for centuries. Right, right. The same thing. Right. Pride. Yes, Can I encourage you? Don't let that get you. It'll, it'll, it'll rob you of the blessings of God. It'll rob you of a peace that passes all understanding. It'll rob you of the kind of relationship that you can have with God that God desires to have with you. So if the Lord's speaking to your heart, you come. Father, help us. Speak to us.